What an exciting first month of the HSCT Warriors podcast. It has been quite an honor to connect with the inspiring journeys of so many incredible people, and I am beyond grateful for the opportunity to serve our community and help illuminate the invisibilities of autoimmune disease. Having reached nearly 4,000 people from at least 12 countries around the world, it is so exciting to imagine the possibilities when we find growth and connection in our shared experiences. I've received feedback and requests for episodes to explain in more detail, things like what is HSCT or what to expect when you show up for evaluation or even mobilization. And I hear these requests. And while the protocols around the world are unique, I acknowledge that uncertainty and unpredictability can be a tough experience for people to navigate. So while I welcome the opportunity to offer more specifics, in fact, we are developing new episodes with a panel of warriors to answer your questions from multiple perspectives to air later this fall. I remain mindful that an underlying goal of this podcast is to develop collective intelligence. As a citizen scientist, I understand that in order to develop collective knowledge and understanding of HSCT, it is imperative to keep communicating, listening, and sharing the unique stories that evidence strategies that work. I also know that each one of our experiences with autoimmune disease is so unique that there will never be a one-size-fits-most approach to HSCT because we all embark on the journey from different places with different capacities and different mindsets. I believe that in order for true transformation to occur, every individual must be ready to create their own pathway forward and find their unique truth. I started this podcast to support individuals, veterans, hopefuls, and caregivers through the HSCT journey by lifting up voices that illuminate the invisibilities of autoimmune disease and help us find commonality in our humanity to lend a platform for HSCT warriors to offer insights and create connections, reveal grace, promote wellness, and cultivate well-being to shine a light and share strategies that promote transformation, healing, and wellness, to help HSCT hopefuls and caregivers be inspired and know they are not alone, to inspire listeners to recognize the possibilities of a future free from disease progression, connect through our shared experiences, and advocate for an inclusive society. So very much in line with this vision, I am so excited to announce the integration of special episodes. This fall, again, we will engage with a panel of warriors to answer your questions. Be sure to visit our website and submit any questions that you have about HSCT. Today, we are introducing a series of new episodes designed to support wellness and offer insight and create connections by promoting radical healing. Leading the way is a good friend, dear friend, Jessica Leisha, founder of Solid Roots Yoga Studio in Lexington, Kentucky, and creator of Radically Rooted, a training initiative 
offering a wealth of resources and practices to develop self-compassion and awaken the caregiving area of the brain. Incorporate body-based self-care routines into daily life. Awaken the somatic sensory areas of the brain and promote neuroplasticity to heal the damaged holding patterns of autoimmune disease. Jessica is joining us this morning to share more about her vision for Radically Rooted and how these radical self-care practices can support our HSCT community with continued healing, support hopefuls in their efforts to maximize health and wellness, and support caregivers and the greater community in their efforts to provide nurturing, healing with compassion and empathy. So thank you so much for being a part of this podcast this morning. It is just an honor to have you here and share your brilliance with the world. Uh, So do you mind sharing an overview of the science behind Radically Rooted? Sure. Yeah. So um, really the science is about um, awakening the part of the brain where we experience care. So that's going to be held in the, um, limbic system or the mammalian brain. So, um, you know, we have three main brain circuits and, um, you know, since our minds and our bodies are connected, these circuits of our brain wiring correlate with different, um, experience, resonant experiences within our extracellular matrix of the body, um, which is also known as the fascia or the connective tissue. So our minds and our bodies are directly connected through this um, extracellular um, matrix, this fascial web, which is a fluid-based system where our, that has uh, electrical signals that run through um, with communication from our central nervous system being our, our brain, one of those three main circuits of our brain, as well as our peripheral nervous system being um, like our, where we are able to feel sensation in our body and um, our bodies are able to move in space and um, regulate. So the tissues of the body, this um, amazing web of the fascia that really is um, a lot of information is coming through right now in science about the power of these tissues and really what they represent or what they represent of um, the human experience. They have a pathway that communicate directly to this limbic system, this mammalian brain that communicate whether the body is safe enough to access um, what we know as homeostasis, which is when the body regulates and it heals and, and all the systems start to work. Um, together to create balanced state. Um, And also, that's where the mammalian brain hosts the caregiving circuit. So going back, we have um, a brain stem, our brain stem, which is connected to key regulatory functions of the body. Um, This evolved with reptiles. And so we we all have that um, reptilian intelligence within us. And then from there evolved the mammalian brain, and the, mam- the mammalian brain is um, unique from the reptilian brain because 
that's where caregiving mm. um, circuit evolved. So a main um, distinguisher in um, mammals and reptiles is that mammals actually express care um, and they nurture their young, whereas reptiles, you know, they may eat their eggs. You know, they there's there's complete disconnect. There's no connection. So this is when, you know, our social engagement system evolved where we become more beings of um, social connection. That's where we thrive. Compassion and empathy for others and seeing connection. Right. And able to approach connection. So reptiles, they avoid connection. Mm. You know, and this is where a lot of us humans are in this state and myself included. You know, we it's not that this is a bad system or circuit, but when our um, brains get overstimulated, that's when we tend to shut down and we become more depressed in our energy and we isolate and we have a harder time feeling safe with connection with others. Mm. So when we're in those states, it's hard for us to access genuine care for ourselves or for others. So So, nurturing the mammalian part of the brain and the tissues that are directly aligned with that caregiving circuit is important for full expression of care and compassion and can be interrupted with autoimmune disease that diseases the signaling and the wiring, right? So at least with my autoimmune disease, MS, my signals have been interrupted by either scarring or lesions to my... The myelin that creates connection between neurons and nerve cells. And facilitates. And so Mm -hmm. as I'm trying to repair that myelin and repair those connections self-care practices that nurture that repair is why I'm so eager to share these practices with others, right? So I'm finding that my own self-care practices, some things that you've taught me to incorporate into my daily life can help my body create the caring environment necessary within the tissues to send the messaging and signaling to my nervous system that it is supported and it is supported in its effort to heal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, um, we're living in the age of a disease, you know, we live in a toxic world and one in two Americans have chronic disease, seven out of 10 have autoimmune markers in their blood, you know, which they may not be expressing that autoimmune disease right now through symptoms, but The markers are there. Um, And through our um, environment and the way we relate to our environment directly impacts the expression of our genes. You know, we have a responsibility um, as being humans, is what I believe, to awaken this caregiving circuit um, for our own selves, for our own bodies Mm -hmm. and learning how to not identify with our disease as being who we are or determining our worthiness of being alive or existing in this world because, um, the disease is not truth. And what's true is that we have, um, you know, 
neuroplasticity, which is hope, which means that our nervous system can learn to adapt to change in healthier ways. But, you know, we have to become self leaders. Mm -hmm. We have to empower ourselves by meeting ourselves where we are, accepting our circumstances and not identifying. So getting some space from that and seeing that humanity is living in a toxic world, our planet's toxic, our bodies are toxic, and how can we support a healthier internal ecosystem of our of our intelligent cells that are in this matrix? And that can take place through changing diet, as you've talked about on the podcast, and um, cleansing your living environment of toxins. Um, also, through the way that we directly um, you know, relate to our human experience. Mm -hmm. Um, and self-compassion is really at the foundation of the radically rooted lifestyle in that, um, you know, it's a time where we're experiencing a lot of shutdown in our brains through that, through that reptilian activation of the brain. And when that happens, that's when we disassociate from our bodies. You know, our intelligence then starts to shut down. We can't feel our bodies in space. We can't feel sensation in our bodies. And our bodies are a living organism that have such an intelligence of communication, you know, to let us know and give us internal cues about what's happening around us so that we can be more intelligent in our lives. Um, thank you. Thank you for offering this clarity. Um, I think it helps provide a bit of a background and certainly there's so much more to learn and understand and know, but now that we know a little bit more, um, I think you were getting into talking about finding that time for self care. Yes. Or finding time for embodied self care. How do you acknowledge those environmental toxins and acceptance for what is the acceptance for the experience of disease and where one is hold that space for what is and acknowledge what is and still hold the space to begin shifting for tuning into self-care? Really, it's about recognizing the experience of the collective of humanity Um, and that, um, you know, and seeing that um, humanity is worthy of healing. Um, And so these practices are really difficult. It's really hard. We were not taught how to create space for ourselves. Our ancestors, our caregivers, you know, were taught that if they focused on themselves, they were selfish and it was bad. They were taught that if they, um, you know, that they should not feel their emotions, that they should continue to be numbed out and, and not express their emotions, not feel their emotions. All of these ways and these past conditionings and even present conditionings in our culture are feeding the shutdown response of the nervous system. So we have toxins in our environment, and some of that we can control in what our bodies actually um, take in. 
Um, but then others we can't. So we must just accept that and then find ways to hydrate ourselves more with water mm -hmm. to do, you know, other detoxing um, practices. But the manual movement of the tissues mm -hmm. where we directly stimulate um, and create a shift in the holding pattern of that stuck inflammation mm -hmm. that's been built up, you know, manually stimulating the cells for them to come alive because science has proven anytime you get fluids moving mm. in the body, it activates the healing process. So change sense. happens. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, you know, it's about recognizing that this is really a form of what I call spiritual activism. So it's a way of awakening spirit, a.k.a. the intelligence for the body to heal in the world through our own cellular matrix. And that's hard because we... It's so different from what we're trained and what our DNA has been trained to enact. Yeah. And that's why I call it a form of activism. Mm. So it's an act that you're taking... Um, of course, you know, we are important beings, but it's a mirror. We are representative of humanity. Mm -hmm. You know, we are all together in this experience of existing in this, you know, toxic world of, you know, stress that exists that's toxic to our cellular matrix. Mm. So how can we create healing through our tissues of the body with an you know, an awareness of what our bodies are experiencing through that process. That's a brilliant way of saying it. So how do we tune in with the body and how do we begin to move these tissues and find time for tuning out the toxins, um, clearing out the toxins to make space for fluidity within ourselves? You know, self-care boundaries mm -hmm. are a big part of the radically rooted lifestyle. So avoiding um, stressful situations, you know, not watching violent programming mm -hmm. on TV or listening to music that you notice gets you kind of wrapped up in your system. Um, you know, so we want to, to down-regulate. Of course, with autoimmunity comes a shutdown of the cell. So through the embodied movement, we want to wake up our cells. So we're going to do things that are more stimulating to that system. but um, In positive, nourishing ways. Yes, exactly. And also, we want to train in, um, you know, wishing our self-wellness mm. through touch, touching our bodies. Our hands are like the wings of the ends of the wings of our heart. So in yoga philosophy, they represent the heart chakra. So this is the wisdom area of the body where really we experience um, connection to our emotions um, and, you know, nurture those around us through our hands. Um, and Jesus, you know, was a beautiful teacher of this, a healer um, that used his hands to embody compassion and care for others. And I just find it so fascinating that humans 
don't touch each other. <laughs> or themselves, really, in healthy right, ways. Or themselves. And, mm. and I understand that conditioning through the past traumas that have taken and unfolded in our ancestors' lives, which science has proven are living in our implicit memories of our DNA. Yes. Um, but, you know, it's time for us to create radical shifts and change and create new norms. So that looks like touching ourselves with care, you know, and, and having a positive attitude and recognizing an intelligence that's there that can come alive. And the more that we can believe that or tell ourselves that, you know, in the beginning, it's, it, you feel like a phony, this is what I teach my students. You know, I started training in self-compassion three years ago when I was um, very depressed and I had a lot of self-doubt, self-criticism that eventually shut me down to where I felt like I couldn't live. And my nervous system was shutting down. My hands, I was starting to get, um, have some, you know, neurological um, dis-ease and my feet, the same thing. And so I know that I saved myself from, I'm on the edge of getting a neurological disease. I know this. I can feel this at times when I get overstimulated. But this work that I do is restoring, it's regulating, it's pulling me back from that edge of disease along with my ketogenic diet and um, other things that I'm doing to support cellular health. In the beginning, it was like I... I had never thought about extending compassion to myself, though I had been training at that time for seven years in compassion for others. And it felt fake. I felt fake and it didn't feel real, but I just kept doing it. I kept doing it. I was dragging on my tissues, you know, trying to manually get the fluids moving. And I noticed that over time, I started to really feel a connection to my body and I started to really have more compassion and care for Jessica and her experience. I'm grateful you found that connection <laughs> Thank you. because I think you noticed how much of an impact your work had with others and getting their fluids moving and you noticed their shifts. And so I'm glad you found the time to tune in and care for yourself and find your way through these practices and acknowledge now that these practices do create the shifts we are looking for in the fascia and in the nervous system, in the limbic system, in the somatic sensory system, um, to promote and, integrated and the human holistic, right. In the mammalian brain to create a holistic experience and healing. Mm -hmm. So what do some of these self-care practices look like? Well, I always begin the self-care practices with awakening the endpoints of the body. Mm -hmm. So the endpoints are the hands and the feet and the face and um, the pelvic floor. So these are the points of the body that are going to shut down first, neurologically speaking. Mm -hmm. Um, the endpoint is where, you know, we want to have open flow in the endpoint of circulatory circulation, you know, is what I'm talking about. Um, so that the energy and the body's fluids can move internally in the viscera 
you know, nurturing the organs and getting the organs to actually function in the way that they're meant to, to create more resiliency and healing. These endpoints in, in all of us really are, um, there's a lot of holding and inflammation, firmness and shutdown. They can't move their toes individually. Right. You know, that is indicative of our, you know, disconnect of our central and our peripheral nervous system. Mm. So we humans have so much more potential that can be awakened through these embodied mindful movement practices. Um, so, you know, we would do a lot of like, say, spreading the fingers and squeezing thumbs inside the fist, working to get circulatory system awakened and alive. And also to get these tissues unfrozen through this type of movement. It's scrubbing of the scalp, you know, scrubbing of the face with your finger pads. And like you want some stimulation. You want to get things unstuck and unfrozen. Or it's working in the feet with maybe teaching people how to balance, like to push into the balls of their feet and lift their heels up, you know, to get... um the tissues, because that opens your your extracellular matrix, really, if you work in the feet, this is the beauty of this work is that if you if you create change in one part of this fascial system that's interconnected, it creates shift and change through the whole system. Mm -hmm. So it's powerful. It doesn't you know, we need to get away from looking at you know, these different parts in our body and saying, I have pain in this part of my body. Therefore, I just need to focus on this part because that's not true. The whole system is impacting mm -hmm. dis-ease within any part of the system. So you can approach healing through any area within if you roll your feet out with, um, say, a therapy ball, I use yoga tune-up supplies, then, you know, it gets, it can get fluids moving into your face, up into your frontal neocortex, which is um, the healthy part of the brain, which is our human brain, where we have consciousness and where we have all of these, this intelligence that is linked in our bodies, nerve cells. Um, so when we do these body focused practices, we're also awakening, um, we're lighting up the front of our brain, which mm. if we have lesions, if we have inflammation, it's getting fluids moving. Mm. And it's, it's a process of healing the brain through the body. That's beautiful. It'd be brilliant to guide people through some of these self-care practices, right? So what does it look like to roll out the feet on therapy balls? What does it look like to hold each finger individual to take the space when you're at work? When you're sitting at your desk and you're stressed about a deadline and you recognize the inflammation starting to flare up in your body, taking a pause, taking five minutes to incorporate some self-care practices, if you could just lead us through one of these where warriors and caregivers and hopefuls and society in general have more access to incorporating these simple body focused self-care practices on a more regular basis. Yeah. And just, yeah, getting our cells to move, mm. you know, so they can detox, so they can push inflammation through, so they can push fluids through. When that happens, we become more 
um, interoceptively aware. So meaning we can get more of a felt sense of feeling our bodies. Mm. You know, my students, they, they say that before they start yoga practice, sometimes they feel dead. They can't feel themselves, Mm. you know, but afterwards they feel alive. They feel awake. You know, they've got um, clarity in their mind. They actually even see the light Mm. even more. They have brighter vision. Um, Yeah, it's, it's, it's powerful work. I'm excited to be here and to have the opportunity to participate on a regular basis and supporting this community because well, I feel very deeply for humanity and I, I really want to help support healing in the world because these practices are a huge game changer. And I saw this in working and caregiving for my mother-in-law for six years that has Alzheimer's and restoring her brain health. Mm. She couldn't eat one day. Say she couldn't eat. She, her throat was shutting down. She mm. couldn't swallow. Her hand, she couldn't hold the fork. I do manual movement on her. Three minutes is all. Get her to wake up and feel her throat, feel her body as I tap or do different attuned touches. And she's feeding herself mm. with no problem. Brilliant. So it's 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 neuroplasticity. Our brains are always capable of changing. Our nervous mm. systems are always capable of changing. And they are ready to wake up. They want to be supported in a way that they can heal yes, the body and absolutely. the brain. I believe this as as well. And that's why I'm incorporating some of this into the HSCT warrior community because it is a it's brilliant beautiful. resource um, that our community is worthy of participating in and being led in to support that continued healing. So thank you so much yes, for sharing beautiful. your gifts with us. Thank you. So lead us. Yeah, well, and so yeah. lead us. I mean, yeah. lead us in just, sure. just once, something simple that takes yeah, something simple. three yeah. to five minutes, or where do you begin? Or, you know, you talked about starting with the hands. Yeah, let's start with the hands. So there's some different exercises that we can do. Um, I like to, to start with having um, people take their arms out to a T-shape. And to try to, you know, really um, get their elbows and their wrists and shoulders aligned together. You have to draw your core in. So you're drawing your navel back. Maybe your low ribs draw down and spread through the fingers. And then you're going to exhale. You're going to squeeze thumbs inside the fist. So breath isn't so important right now. Just start to spread the fingers because a lot of people can't breathe and move at the same time. And then you're mm. going to exhale, squeeze the thumbs inside. So you want to make sure thumbs go inside and then you can just relax that down. You can do that a few times and, and just noticing. So often I feel like some pressure release and students also name this, you know, in the neck and in Mm. the upper back, then you can take your hands, arms forward from you. And then you're going to flex your hands forward and try to spread the fingers and then just let the fingers soften down. And then you inhale, flex the hands forward, lift through the chest, and then exhale, fingers down. And do that one more time, inhaling, spread, spread. Good, and exhale. Good movement there, Jen. And release your arms down. 
And just notice the breath. Maybe you can feel the breath and maybe rocking and swaying side to side. I like to um, encourage students to hold the back of their neck and squeeze it. Again, it can feel awkward for some people to touch themselves, but if you squeeze the tissues in the back of the neck, you're going to help to um, get things unfrozen from that reptilian holding. And then you scrub at the base of the skull, so the occiput. You scrub and behind the ears, you scrub. And you get your head back in space, and you can scrub all the way through the head as you breathe. Good, and then maybe at the temples, scrubbing at the temples or at the forehead from the eyebrows up, and then down through the inner bridge of the nose, maybe just tracing the bones on the face. So this touch helps to wake up these sensory receptors and these cells through the vibration that you create. Good. So what are you noticing, Jen? I feel more awake this morning. I... Uh... Just notice that aliveness that wasn't there before. Good. Good. Before Good. tapping. Yeah. So we can take an arm out to uh, the side and then turn the palm back toward the wall behind you. So you're internally rotating. Then you're just going to take that top of the hand to the back of the pelvis. And then you're going to scrub up and down through the sternum, the center of the sternum. Let your fingers behind you soften. Then you're going to scrub from the center of the sternum out toward that arm. So we're manually getting fluids over toward the endpoints. We've got tissues that connect. And even the base of the neck, right above the collarbone scrub, maybe the ear comes toward that shoulder to soften the tissues there. And then maybe even squeeze the upper back behind you, the trapezius area. Good. And then do a brushing down through the upper arm. And then just unravel that arm down. Hmm. So what do you notice on that right arm and it's hand? It feels more the alive. The left just is there, whereas the right is tingly and I can feel sensation from my neck all the way down through my Good. fingertips. Beautiful. So let's do that on the other side. So you'll just take that left arm out now, turn the palm back, and then draw the hand back. And let those fingers soften. So bring relaxed state, trusting here into that hand. Lift through the chest. And then, again, let's tap this time through the sternum. All the way from the base of the collarbones down to the belly. Maybe you can come down toward above the pubic bone. Let your sits bones be heavy. And then back up as you breathe. Then you're just going to brush from the sternum out toward the arm. And then even brushing up, we've got this ridge here that gets really congested. Mm, in the collarbone area. Yeah, in the front and the back body. So we want our, you know, our fascial system is really disconnected, just as our brain and our bodies are. So we create that connection through awakening these, these lines of fluid flow in the tissues and then brush it down. Feel the sensation. Good, and then you can release that. Mm -hmm. ah. And maybe you notice a fuller breath. Mm. So this is where our lungs are. You know, when we're stressed and constricted, our lungs are contracted and they can't expand. So if we manually just even hold mm. 
you know, and think about slowing the breath and like squeezing gently those tissues. I mean, this is how we hack into our nervous system. That's all we're doing. We're hacking it. We're manually shifting the holding resonance of our cells of this extracellular matrix. It's powerful. So how are you feeling, Jen? I'm feeling more relaxed about the day. Um, thinking about what's next. I don't feel the stress or the pressure of getting there on time. Right. Um, so you've got some space. Absolutely. I have new space and yeah. new capacity with breath that is more full and more alive. Beautiful. I hope others notice similar shifts yeah. and experience that beautiful awakening. Um, because it is supportive of that healing initiative within the body. The more oxygen and more flow that we can get to our tissues, I believe the more able our brain and our nervous system and supported uh, our nervous system is in recreating those connections. Most definitely, yeah. And healing, that's neuroplasticity. Mm. Changing the resonance, creating a new normal. Um, and so these practices can be engaged in anywhere. I mean, you can be sitting at the desk, take three or just take a minute to mm. extend the arm out and to squeeze. And you can turn the arm in different ways to, to get different lines of the fascia. You know, if you have awareness and you can feel your body and you're creating that movement with intention, um, while maybe one day connecting your breath to the pattern of the movement, then you are going to create deep neurological change and shift and create space. Mm. We all need space because our tissues are locked and our brains are squeezed. So this is how we create space in that mind-body network of the nervous system. Thank you for leading these practices. Thank you for sharing your gifts with the world. Thank you for motivating us to be radical in our experience with ourselves and our healing and uh, our humanity, our experience with humanity. It's beautiful work that you're sharing with the world. And I'm just so blessed to know you and love you. Anna. Well, thank you for, for having me participate and believing in me and this work of, of healing. It's easy to believe because I can actualize outcomes. It's not just talking about it when you practice and experience this on a regular basis and you can live the experience of healing through these practices. It, it's actualized in a different way. We can read all day long about neuroplasticity, but what are we actually doing to take action, like you yeah. said, to awaken and live into this healing experience? Just by taking a couple minutes, even one minute, like you said, just to wake right. up the fascia and those lines, outreach the arm and spread mm -hmm. through the fingers, and hold this, in different new patterns to create new patterns and new neural mm -hmm. pathways. It's yeah. powerful. This is something that we need to come together and do mm -hmm. as a collective, Absolutely. as caregivers, you know, caregivers doing this with the people they're caring for. Everyone needs neurological mm. regulation. Everyone needs to find homeostasis because our bodies aren't 
there. So um, children, parents and children, you know, spouses, we all need to support each other in these radical new practices. So I'm excited to be part of the HSCT community. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for leading such uh, beautiful work in life and connecting us all through these shared experiences. Yes, pleasure. We are really looking forward to incorporating more of these special episodes featuring radically rooted embodied practices to support our listeners. So please share your thoughts, feedback, and reactions to this special episode. Take a moment to leave a review because your feedback will help to develop even better episodes and your ratings will help other people find the show. Special thanks again to musical genius Billy Alitzauser for sharing his superpowers to create the soundtrack, edit, and produce the audio to make this podcast possible. You can find us both when you subscribe on SoundCloud, iTunes, or wherever you find your podcasts. Stay tuned for a brand new special episode highlighting another radically rooted embodied self-care practice. And be sure to listen this Wednesday for the journey of another HSCT warrior. Until then, be a snowflake and embrace your superpowers. Be kind, be well. Be well.